0: Let's go!
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Town TV. My name is Kyle, joined by Luke and Kathleen. We're here to discuss Season 1, Episode 6, House of the Dragon, titled The Princess and the Queen. In the behind-the-scenes, they use the, the term or the phrase that this is kind of like a second pilot episode. Yep. And I think that's actually beautiful, because when you think about it, we're what I did the the math, I guess you could say, air quotes, uh, between last episode and this episode. So we've moved like 10 years into the future. We've added six children. We have four new actors. We have a couple new faces on the small council. We have, I think, three or four new dragons, uh, and we're on another continent. So a bit of a jump between one episode to another in the middle of the season. There's a ton of things they obviously needed to get done and kind of establish in this episode because of that jump. I think they did a pretty good job of it i don't think it hit like it didn't pack the same punch maybe as last episode but i still thought it was it was still a good episode of television
2: i'll go next i adored this episode i was nervous and skeptical of the time jumps and the and the um actor actresses change and things like that i just i was just gonna miss our guys and girls yeah but i adored this change and in that Behind the scenes, they say these four interact the most, so they're gonna give them the new actors and actresses for this new um, second pilot or whatever. And the acting by these Emma and Olivia absolutely fucking crushed. They were both incredible, and it was a joy to watch. So I'm I'm all in on them already. I liked that the 23 minute like building the episode part after this one was so good because they were each mm-hmm. talking about. I mean, the weight of taking on this character that had already been acted by somebody else for five episodes. And then you have to just come in and say, OK, you, you have to like me now. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked them. I liked them all. So
0: I was definitely nervous to see what the fandom reaction was going to be, because this is probably going to be the toughest or the most the most uh like over reaction, I I would say, based on just this huge time jump, right? We're getting all these new characters. People are already super attached to the old actors. But in terms of just like how good the episodes are, I think we're pretty much into the can't miss territory where until we get to the wrap up of the series, I don't think there's really anything that's going to, I'm ever going to say is bad. The bar is set so high that like everything's good every single one of these episodes has been amazing everyone's gonna have random complaints here or there but like in terms of just overall quality of show man like we are we're there like we're back to game of thrones and i don't think it can mess up until we get to the very end which of course is is the original problem um but yeah this was a great episode the new actresses and actors are fantastic. And Kathleen, you said four actors that are going to be interacting the most? Are we talking about... It was
2: basically Lanor, Lena, uh well, Ranira and...
0: Allison. Allison. Allison.
2: But it was more like they had interacted with each other in different ways so much that to feel the 10-year time jump, they, they kind of had to jump the 10 years, right, Kai? That's what... Or switch the actors and actresses. Yeah. That's what they said, right?
1: I mean, their relationships are so different than they were
2: yes yes yeah. so okay. i was I mean, just it, curious it also i talk- mean
1: i guess yeah it's like a, and sorry to speak over you but i guess it is a subtle not a cinematography way but just a way to also show that things have changed so much
2: mm-hmm.
1: like the yeah. people themselves have literally changed yeah, yeah.
2: emma yeah. emma darcy in the extras they said that uh they don't even recognize the younger versions of themselves in real life so it's cool that in this show it's like they wouldn't even Rhaenyra would be a completely different person than she was 10 years ago and i actually mm-hmm. really felt that i can't wait to get into some of the choices that emma had made and it's oh man i would i want die for those 10 years on tape die okay yeah.
1: so before we can get into king's landing so we do get like i briefly mentioned we're on two different continents in this episode so if you're a longtime BingeTown listener, you know that at times when things like this happen in episodes, we like to bucket them together so that we're not kind of like completely jumping back and forth. And it's a little bit confusing on the on the order of when we're talking about things. So we're going to actually talk about everything that happens with Damon and Lena on Pentos. And then once we we're done with that, we will then jump to King's Landing and cover of the uh the mess that is the red Keep in king's landing just before we even jump
0: into that first um the first scene where they're doing the dragon ride what did you guys think about damon in general because i felt like he's changed a lot and i don't know if that was because of the lack of the screen time and dialogue he gets this episode but to me he seemed so reined in compared to what we saw before episode six
2: it's his fourth different haircut. So that changes a man. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're back
0: though. I'm I'm,
1: I'm I'm glad we're back with the long hair. We're back. Yeah,
2: but I th- I feel like he's a little depressed. Honestly, I think oh, he sure. Lena says to him like you're diving into these books you say you don't care about these like old dragon riders but you're just like pouring over these books and and hiding yourselves in them. The one daughter is like dad doesn't even talk to me, which I can only assume is because maybe her egg didn't hatch you see him talking to the other daughter obviously he's playing favorites he's a fucking bitch
1: (laughs) i mean he's literally teaching her like high valerian and everything so it's obviously yes he he has a favorite in the team Mm -hmm. i think part of it too luke is he's a dad i mean he doesn't seem maybe he's not the best dad but he is now a father so I, i think that Every time I fucking watch Matt Smith be Damon, I'm just blown away. He just is Damon. Even when Damon changes episode to episode, he's just so Damon. It's so good. Mm-hmm.
2: I flipped open the Fire and Blood book today just to whatever. And the artwork, you can point out which one's Damon. You're like, oh, that's Damon. It looks that's fucking funny. like Matt Smith. It's I mean, I hope it's actually him, but
1: <laughs> what what are you like on <laughs> the inside right. of the book?
2: Yeah, inside of the book, bottom right, first like page.
1: Oh no, yeah, Damon isn't even in this.
2: Oh. Th- doesn't that look like Damon, the bottom line. That right. looks
1: like Matt Smith, though. You're right. <laughs> do you know who it's, it is? Is it? Like I know Damon? who that is, yeah. I know who that yeah. is.
2: But you can't tell me.
1: That's funny. I'm, I'm literally looking at it right now. But no, it's not worth it to tell you.
2: Okay. <laughs> Come on. We, yeah, we, so we're, we, we, we're I'm, like, I'm going to try though. to catch
1: up before next season. I was like, don't do that, you little bitch.
2: The, I know, right? <laughs> it's,
0: the one thing I'm getting a little excited about is because of this huge change in Damon and his personality. And again, it could be because of his, his kids and his legacy and stuff. I'm hoping he's not going to go like full villain like we originally were saying in the first couple episodes and it it might not need to because we already have Lars strong being the, the guy. He's going to be like a huge enemy. So, I'm hoping so that good. somehow Damon can be on the pure good side. That'd be really fun and unexpected.
1: We can kind of break this into two parts almost, maybe two to three. Um essentially the first half of these scenes are Damon and Lena, we now see our married i guess they they threw us a little bit of a bone in episode five of they have the conversation at the ball uh or at the wedding rather there's a lot more obviously that goes into it they're not going to show everything so they're now married they have twins they have twin daughters uh oh, twins they are twins yes it's oh,
2: okay
1: Bayla or no yeah Bayla and reina
2: okay
1: Bela is the daughter that has a dragon who is hatched yeah and then reina is the one who obviously has not Uh, The big, I guess, kind of conflict right now going on between them or conflict in these sets of scenes is that this prince of Pentos, this prince Regio Heratus, is offering them the ability to just live in Pentos forever. And just as long as they ally with them against the Triarchy, who is rearing their heads again because of our our old friends, the Martells. Mm -hmm. And Damon seems to be into it because, like we've said, he's changed so much. He's kind of given up on the whole idea of the throne and King's Landing. He's over it. While Lena is much younger than he is at this point, she still kind of has that fire in her belly. And she's like, this is not us. We're Valerians. Like we got to go back to King's landing and to Driftmark and kind of live the life we're supposed to live.
2: This just made me think Damon will never be happy. I don't care <laughs> which wife he has. And I'm sure he will find another wife and do another big move in, in getting married and something political, but he will never be happy. He doesn't care. Like, I forget the line he says later, but he's like, how could I be with you? Like, Breathing down my neck or something like that, whatever it is. but Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting hearing him say like when she says they're using us and he's like, it's nice, isn't it? Like, it's a simple transaction. Like we have dragons. They need dragons. It's easy. It's just he's settling so much. And she does end up saying that to them. Like, this is not the man I married. Like, you're so much more than this. What the fuck is going on?
0: I can't really figure out his goals at all because- Like you're saying, he doesn't seem like he has ambition for the throne anymore. I don't even know if he outwardly did besides being the heir. Like he wasn't ever going to undermine Viserys. It didn't seem like, but I have no idea like where his storyline can go because he has, I guess his daughters or his oldest daughter would be the heir to Driftmark because Leonor's would be the heir to the throne.
1: I would say that Leonor's probably second son would end up being the heir to Driftmark.
0: Okay. And is... Is it relevant at all at who of Damon's kids is the oldest? Meaning, like, the heir to his? Yeah, I mean, technically. Origin? Is that the one with the dragon?
1: Yeah, technically, Bale is older. Okay. In the same way that I think what Cersei's Crescent. older than Jaime. Yeah. yeah.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That, I just don't know yeah. where Damon is going to go from here. Like, he needs to be in the drama. He's so fun to watch. So, like, whatever is going to happen, I hope he just goes right back to, to Westeros and inserts himself somewhere.
1: Second half of these scenes, we get. It ends up being our second labor scene of the episode because rhaenyra opens up with one but this one goes the same way that rhaenyra's mothers went in episode one not as graphic for us thankfully in the behind the scenes they even said like we were not going to do that again we didn't want to a have another scene like that and b it didn't feel like that would be the way Lana would go out mm-hmm. she even says a little bit earlier in these scenes that you know she doesn't want to die like a fat lord she wants to go out like a dragon rider like a warrior so they gave her this uh motivation to then find Vagar. We've found out within that 10-year t- time skip that she has located Vagar, claimed Vagar, and has been riding Vagar. That's just an unfortunate casualty of the time skip. It would have been really cool to actually see that kind of stuff. But she then crawls to Vagar and is then Dracarist.
0: So many thoughts here because first I can't believe we didn't even start with that. The Dragon Riders, like that was amazing when when they were flying in the air together and like Damon's having a good time. He's throwing his arms to the side and he's like looking at her. It looked like he was genuinely happy in the moment. And then the the CGI is so good on Vagar that you can just clearly tell that it's way bigger than any dragon we've ever seen. And it is. It's the biggest in TV history for this, for this universe, um, because we'll never see Balerion at this point. Vagar was great. Vagar had me almost like emotional because you could tell not any part of Vagar wanted to actually Dracaris her. And oh my god, he, he was like growling and like you know, like like a little dog would do, right? And it was just so hard to watch that part, but it was still pretty epic for Lena.
2: Oh, is that she's a badass? And I love yeah. that she noticed what was going on and was like, fuck that. I'm gonna walk my ass to Vagar and get. Toasted. <laughs> yeah. It's it sad. He didn't, you're right. He he took it took her saying Dracaris like five sad times for it to actually Ugh. go. But yeah, but it's it was sad because you know, Damon hated right, right? There there was despiseness there, but there mm-hmm. was a tenderness with Lena. He might mu- he might not have been happy, he might have been depressed, he might not know what he wants to do in life. But like, even when she was saying, I know I'm not exactly what you want, blah, blah, blah. He kind of looks at her like Lena. Yeah, yes. he, she might not be perfect, but there was a tenderness there. And this was sad because she was a bad bitch. And it was making me sad when she's like, I miss Lane I miss my brother. I want to be with my family. And they did a really good job building her up this episode since she was been barely in it to do a very good death at the end i think that that was well done i miss her already she was um yeah she was great
0: i'm really happy you brought up that little moment when damon does react to her like he was going over the top but it was like a couple's fighting thing and then she said that and it was a step too far and you saw like damon has genuine feelings for her and at the skipping ahead to the end when he sees her burning like he's going after her that's the first time he's been truly rattled and it wasn't to the point where I'm sure he was like breaking down, crying and stuff, but it was still the most we'll probably ever get out of Damon. And I guess this is a perfect time to bring up the um, the deleted scene. Did we talk about that in the chat? I don't know. It's been vi- it's been going around viral, how they, oh, no. they deleted a scene of Damon talking to the kids after Lena's death and actually like hugging them and stuff, and they got rid of it. So I don't know what the thought process behind that would be. Maybe they didn't want Damon to be too emotional relatable i guess and emotional (laughs) yeah because i guess that might mean he's in for some crazy shit down the line or something or it could have just been a timing thing either way i'm sure i would have liked to see that
2: yeah Yeah, no, i agree i didn't see that anywhere i didn't see the deleted scene
1: (laughs) one little funny comment the the surgeon who was i guess uh helping out with the labor fantastic beard i just couldn't stop staring at it He was talking and it was supposed to be a very sad scene and everything, but I was just looking at this man's beard. He was a good actor because I really felt like the anguish on his face from like a medical perspective that he couldn't help her, but I just could not stop staring at his beard.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I know we kind of just like jumbled all of those things together. If there's Mm -hmm. anything that we might have missed that you guys want to talk about before we potentially move on.
2: How would Lena have at age 15, like she says wrangled vegar and got and had any like build a connection with the oldest biggest dragon you could also he's the oldest right you could see like the yes and and vegar is a a she
1: dragon so technically a female i
2: Mm. read that today i love
1: that yeah so (laughs) i think it, it kind of depends so it seems like a lot of times when riders end up claiming dragons it's more about like like ambition and like bravery and that like getting that dragon to respect you okay you know so and they, they kind of go back and forth on like how not maybe back and forth but not like a concrete answer on how intelligent dragons actually are I know we mm-hmm. talked about it before of does Caractus just feel things that Damon feels like do they have this deeper connection you can kind of see it too in vegar's reaction to like the wailing and the and the groaning like Luke had mentioned yeah just that like aspect of bravery and ambition that like well, look at this little chick like coming up here kind of rocking with that kind of like a personality match almost as well but i don't really think they go into it like super scientifically yeah basically she was just a little badass walked up and was like hey you i'm getting your back and vegar was like
0: okay well because we did get an unbelievable amount of information for dragons in this episode compared to oh what God. we've known like even talking about like the bonds when they're when they just hatch and like how they'll only ever listen to you way more than we ever got in Game of Thrones, so I loved all of that. But Kyle's right; it seems a little bit more like soft magic than hard magic, where it's not going to be clearly defined about the rules, and it's kind of just let it up to fantasy. But if that's all we had there, I have one other thing I wanted to bring up for the Pento yep. stuff. Let's cover the Dorn, the Martell name drop of anything you got on this person because I know nothing.
1: Are you asking me that?
0: Yeah is this a, is this the current king
1: be a prince because even when they were independent they were princes the name doesn't mean anything to me okay I could have missed something but I think Dorn like big Martel players come into play like later when like they actually start having wars again for Dorn and then Dorn gets roped into the kingdom okay so, I did look up a lot of other people and things but it didn't click enough for me to look up so that's gonna be my answer <laughs> not very satisfying <laughs> that's totally but that's gonna be my answer
0: that's totally fine
1: okay uh so yeah that's all that i got so i mean i guess we know that the triarchy again may potentially become an issue as viserys (laughs) to viserys's great ire later in in this (laughs) episode (laughs) that uh, that shit's going on again all right so we can now move from essos when we're in pentos and we'll move back to westeros king's landing the actual opening of this episode rhaenyra rhaenyra in labor Wow. giving birth to a baby boy and is immediately summoned to the queen uh, right after birth. I like how she gives a very, like she asks out loud why to the servant, knowing that there's not going to be an answer that comes back the other way, just like letting out that frustration. So we have Rhaenyra giving birth, Rhaenyra and a kind of goofy Lenar, not really taking shit very yes. seriously in this moment until the very end. Uh, and Rhaenyra and Lenar then walk through the Red Keep and they present their new son Joffrey to Queen Alicent and King Viserys.
0: I um, can't believe we got an umbilical cord cut <laughs> on screen. I mean, that fucked me up.
2: The noises, yes, ugh. that it's the most accurate portrayal of what it would have been like to just be like a slimy birth in the fucking back in a billion years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and the afterbirth and everything. Ugh. I was like, I'm if that was Emma's first scene they had to shoot I'm like god damn I doubt it was it doesn't always end up being in order is what you shoot but that's a tough one that's a tough one she
0: she like walks through the castle and is leaving a trail of blood the entire first 10 minutes of this episode dude I was yeah it's also it's (laughs) just
1: so bad there's a huge crowd of people that they have to walk through and it doesn't help that in the beginning Lenore I guess obviously doesn't really know what's going on It's just their third child, so maybe you know he was very serious and attentive for the first one, maybe less (laughs) so for the second one, and the third one is kind of like, oh, whatever. But very quickly, he kind of actually gets a little serious when they're going up the steps and everything, and she's clearly struggling because she just had a child. No C-section type of shit. She just pushed out a child, and of course, at the end of this long – and actually, really not that long of a journey, but I'm sure it felt like it was to her – arduous journey, who else is there to open the door (laughs) – to the king and queen's chambers, but our boy,
0: Sarah no, Kristen Cole, <laughs> no, 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 no. Our boy. Hold the our boy.
1: <laughs> All right. Kristen Cole, hold the our boy. Um, so <laughs> we get a very interesting scene of them actually speaking with Allison and Becerra's. You really, I mean, this is the first time we had now have Ranira and Allison post time skip and there is just absolutely no love there. It's so almost kind of awkward in a way that Becerra is so nice and happy and normal and Allison is clearly so not. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm sure that's such like the most uncomfortable scenario to be in every day for 10 years.
2: I've never seen anyone hold a grudge like Allison holds a fucking grudge. Me and Alex watched last night and we were on opposite ends of just Allison. I, first of all, I adore Allison, but I was like, she's being a bitch. (laughs) Like, chill, girl. But Alex was like defending her and I'm like, that's cool, actually. You're making great points. I'm just jokingly being like, but she's being a bitch. That's your girl. Just like, let her fuck Mm -hmm. around, you know?
1: (laughs) She is being a bitch because the first thing she says to her was, oh, Renee, like, you should be resting after your labors. (laughs) Like, she wasn't the one that called her to the chambers to stop her from resting. Like
2: (laughs) she has a chip on her shoulder and I don't see it ever going away, but, Allison really impressed me this episode. She is like stands on her own. She is obviously someone who sits at court and people respect and she has great ideas and she knows how to be a queen. And I really love her, but I love her too. So it's tough to see them. These two girls who I thought were going to smooch ended up just hating <laughs> each other. Star-crossed be, lovers. It, you would know? <laughs> it would be
1: crazy if they smooch now. It would be crazy. What a journey that would be. <laughs>
0: I think you're, you're spot on with Allison though. Catherine, like she is just, she's purely entertaining now. Like I think she's a great character. We all, we kept saying at the last episode during the green wedding, quote unquote, um, I don't like it still uh, during the green wedding that she is now a player in the game. And that goes above and beyond in this episode. And I'm specifically thinking about the small council session that happens at the end. She is totally a force like way more than viserys in that room and obviously rhaenyra is she always kind of was and it's just good to see because i you you need more players like this she's not like a cersei level player but she's she's mixing it up with like larry strong like some of these big key pieces so i'm sure that she's going to be at the center of something crazy that's happening probably next episode
1: yeah and she doesn't hide it either i mean she will say out loud whatever she's thinking and will mm-hmm. throw a dig whenever like Rhaenyra just had a child Viserys is in there with his one arm we feel like he has pretty much I guess maybe half of a left arm or no left arm anymore and he's holding his grandson and, there, and then Allison's like what's his name and they're like oh it's Joffrey and that's its own little weird thing where Lannar kind of names the kid without Rhaenyra and Allison just says that's an unusual name for a Valyrian not even like oh like so nice she can't even be bothered to like mm-hmm. show a semblance of like respect or anything like that. It's just really and
0: she funny. takes it farther by just saying, oh, maybe next one will look like you. And then just <laughs> kind of like leaves it at that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. There's not many quotes from the books, but that's like a classic quote from the book. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's good that they, they actually kept that in there.
2: For anyone listening, I am peering <laughs> around trying to get a look at this baby's head to see <laughs> if this baby looks like a fucking Valerian or not, or a or a handsome Strong.
0: And My hot take of the episode
2: is that Harwin Strong's the hottest man that ever graced, <laughs> that ever graced the Game of Thrones universe.
0: That's it doesn't make saying. it doesn't make anything better that Damon and Lena's kids look so Valerian and then her kids look yes. Nothing, not even Targaryen. Like, it's yeah. just crazy.
1: And Damon even jokes about it in the, yeah. we didn't talk about it. But when uh, Lena says, like my brother wrote, they've had a child. And he says like, oh, what are the chances? Like, does it have some coincidental resemblance to the commander of the City Watch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even they know about it all the way across the Narrow Sea. So
0: Didn't know that he wasn't the commander of the City Watch anymore, though. Yes, that's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> we have that just our first showdown, I'm sure, of many between Allison and Rhaenyra. Very short scene. Now we get Harwin Strong's reintroduction, Kathleen's hottest man in the history of Game of Thrones. And this is where we get the feeling that he is actually the father. I feel like you don't really know for sure in that first scene, you know, something's up, but I guess you could maybe guess was Harwin because the last episode, but here it's like, why is he here? Why is he asking to hold the baby? And then Lainor like a gentleman kind of in a weird cuckolded way, like kind of backs out of the room and is like, takes their other sons who we meet their other sons actually here. uh, Jusaris and Luceris. It's just Jason. Luke will be easiest. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you like that one. Um, so yeah, Jason, Luke dip and Harwin gets a little bit of alone time with his third son, Joffrey.
0: And we see that the dragon egg is, is on fire too for um, Joffrey. Correct.
2: I, it's cute because Rhaenyra picked out the the egg for Balon before he passed, obviously, as an infant. And so this is the same thing. Her kids are picking out the egg that they're going to give to the youngest, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. But I just don't understand. What is this situation? Lenore and Rhaenyra... They don't hate each other. It's like just bang each other until you're pregnant and then you can bang wherever you want. The kid has to be a Valerian. Why did they do this? It's like maybe maybe he couldn't get it up. Maybe they just couldn't figure it out. Timing wise, she was banging. But I'm like, dude, come on. I mean, you got to try a little bit. You got to try.
0: I'm just gonna say my opinion is that this is pretty undefendable on Renira's part. Like she seems like she knows the game almost as much as anybody. At least pre time skip, for uh whatever she was. What was she like? Fifteen at the time? Was she older? Kind of forget. Whatever. However she was, she knows. Like she can't do this, and Mm -hmm. the fact that she got real lucky that Viserys is being purposefully ignorant towards all this is the only thing that's holding this all together because they say it multiple times throughout this, like multiple different characters say, yo, you're all going to get killed and executed. And the only thing that's stopping this is Viserys being like, Oh, that's, that's their kids. <laughs> like, can't you see his nose in the kid?
1: They're yeah. Like, fucking
0: kidding me get the hell out of here.
1: <laughs> so we get now where the two other sons went. We get our first ever look at the dragon pit, which was not actually a thing or it wasn't active. I guess you could say in the main show game of thrones so this is fucking awesome from like mm-hmm. a nerd and lore perspective that we're in the fucking dragon pit we're with the the cult of the dragon tamers and we're watching people like learn how to tame their dragons um so we actually this is we also get our first look at prince aegon which is viserys and allison's eldest child okay, uh we get so. also prince aemond i'm sorry to speak over there's prince aemond who is their obviously their second son and we get vermax which is jace's dragon
0: is amon and amen a different name
1: yes amon amon has a d on the end of it it's amon okay. with a d on the end of it got you got you i, yeah, I, I
0: literally thought it was potentially the one from the wall and i was like that uh, no. probably doesn't track right
1: now it's basically it's also interestingly enough it's Damon's name and just moving the d to the end oh huh. Okay. So, oh. I mean, everyone complains about how the names are similar and they're literally just rearranging the letters at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah, this was a really cool scene. I was pumped to be in the pits. These kids are rotten, but you know what was cute is the, again, the behind the scenes, these kids are so happy to be there. They are like thriving off of being on this show. They're they're sword mm-hmm. fighting. They're having an absolute blast. It's and awesome. I love that for them. And I think they're good. Can't wait to watch them grow up and fight each other. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we find out that... That Amon is the only one that does not have a dragon, and so the three other boys play a little bit of a prank on him. They dress up a pig and call it the Pink Dread. I thought it was actually good. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, uh, but we do get signs, early signs that will continue in this episode that Aegon
0: is a little bit of a cocksmack he's a little bit of a douchebag
2: yes correct
0: i always question like how do they sell that to the kid like what do they tell him to act like just become as unlikable as possible besides being the og joffrey like that's pretty much what he's doing um he's fantastic. but it is really cool that he has uh he's already kind of mastered his bond with sunfire they they yeah. kind of dropped that earlier in the scene uh, that's a sweet dragon name and i can't wait to see that dragon uh but yeah if like amon's gonna be the bullied middle child and even like little was it luke that was the one that was pulling the pick or was that jace yeah luke's is the little one can't yeah. amon just like kick him down the stairs like not <laughs> that he should because it's my namesake but like it, i feel like that guy's so little and amon's just taking it from all the all the other siblings
1: yeah, yeah. i mean i guess it's just one of the like mean, you don't have a dragon so you're not like yeah it doesn't, it doesn't matter yeah i mean like you're you're pretty much you're a little boy at that point like they're mm-hmm. becoming they're closer to becoming men almost it's kind of just no, like good a classic point. yeah like kids are just terribly mean to each other and i'm sure like that is the easiest thing to just make fun of someone for especially when you have a dragon i'm sure that makes you feel like such a boss
2: i was just gonna say the actor who plays Aegon is david Tennant's son which is cool oh like,
1: isn't that that was he used to play doctor
0: who right yeah oh mm-hmm. wow that's that's an interesting yeah.
2: And so did Matt Smith. So Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an
0: interesting connection. Do we know why Eamon doesn't have a dragon? Does that mean that the, the egg didn't hatch or he doesn't have an egg?
1: That would have meant the egg. At this point, it would have meant the egg didn't hatch. It's similar to okay. we see Raina, who is Damon, and Lena's daughter. She is the same thing. She has her egg. She's holding it by the fire, but it's been eight years. And I think Lena even says to her, you know, like half of them don't hatch anyway.
0: So the takeaway from the small council scene later, because that was my next question was, when Rhaenyra offers to give Eamon first pick of the eggs if Cyrex does come back with a clutch, I was just wondering like, are these eggs not hatching because they're not because of the bravery thing? Like they're not attaching to them and it wouldn't change anything. Was it a bad egg? Or, so I just like had all these questions because they gave up they're feeding us, trickling us small bits of information about these. And yeah. I guess that just naturally leads to us asking these like hard rule questions, which mm-hmm. going back, I don't think we're really gonna get all of it. Yeah, I think the
1: egg, the egg thing is interesting in that. It really does seem like a pure chance thing almost. I don't know if there's anything specific you can do to like increase the chances that it hatches. I'm sure you obviously need to keep it like hot and heated. That's why they store them on like the hot coals and everything. The whole bravery, personality, ambition thing is more with like living dragons who don't have a rider.
0: So, how does that play in with Daenerys? Cause she kind of went rogue and just burned herself with the three eggs and they all hatched on the spot. That doesn't seem i guess that's just an impossible to answer question yeah that's more of like
1: a yeah i don't know how to prophecy
0: thing like yeah
1: it's also i mean like the the comets there and there's a lot of other things kind of going on in the background yeah um so that just would be the only thing i could say about that i i don't i don't know if anyone actually knows the answer to that i was gonna say besides george but does george even know the answer we don't know Mm, who knows (laughs) (laughs) yeah we don't know at this point so Mm -hmm. we go from the boys teasing our introductions to them to we meet a grown-up princess helena so princess helena was the little baby that was crying and wailing in allison's arms while rhaenyra was banging out kristen cole she's (laughs) grown up she is quite the contrast to all of the young boys that we've met in this episode she's very reserved she seems very quiet she's very interested in insects which it seems like allison like obviously loves her but seems to have a little bit of a hard time kind of connecting with her She seems even when we meet her, she seems just like kind of reclusive and kind of keeps to herself. Uh, And their kind of conversation is interrupted by Eamon coming in and getting reprimanded by Allison. Because clearly this is not the first time that he's kind of fucked around. Um, Oh, I forgot. And we totally skipped that. He, Yeah, I'm sorry. He dives into the dragon pit and gets confronted by a dragon and runs away.
2: Do we know who that dragon is? Because at the beginning, I was like, it's Vagar. I was like, he came back because he's lonely because Lena was in the past. Wait, (laughs) does that make sense?
1: (laughs) I saw online that it was a dream fire
2: who is belong- dream
1: fire is Helena's dragon. Oh, so Helena is a dragon rider as well. So she rides dream Aegon rides sunfire. I don't, I haven't seen it really confirmed anywhere besides like someone made a picture. Uh, so that's all I got to say. I don't know. It's hard to tell. The only, cause the only thing we also know about dream in the books is that it literally says that dream is the most beautiful dragon ever. And that dragon felt more like imposing and big. Versus mm-hmm. beautiful. So I I don't know if that'll actually turn out to be true.
2: Amon cries to Allison, and this is true, like any family. It's then Allison's like, let me go to Viserys and tell him what happened. And Viserys is like, This motherfucker thought there was another dragon just waiting for him. That these kids found a dragon. The way he reacts is so funny. He's like, Well, he's an idiot. Why would he think that? It's like so classic. Husband and wife shit talking their kids behind closed <laughs> doors. It cracked me up. Viserys was killing me this episode. He was in such a good mood. He's in the best health I've seen him in five <laughs> episodes. Like he's fine. He's just, he's like slow and he has no hair and whatever, but he's like chilling. Uh, earlier, v- Rhaenyra is like, uh, I called the midwife a cunt. And he's just like, huh. Tap her on the back, like nice, he's like <laughs> yeah. on the cheek. It's like all good spirits. He's such. A, he's like, I'm a girl. I'm a new granddad today. Fucking right. It's awesome, that's,
1: honestly. That's <laughs> a great is. point because I was definitely focusing so much on how he looks, and he looks horrific. Sorry to my boy, but you look <laughs> yeah, terrible. <he> <laughs> but you're right. He does seem like he's in very good spirits.
2: Yeah, he's
0: getting uh, someone's uh, Alki sent us this the picture comparison. Uh, Kathleen, I don't know if you've seen all of Lord of the Rings, but the smeagol mm-hmm. comparison, and it's oh, just. I- yeah, Because the character, you see the, the the transformation from human, whatever, Hobbit, to what he is. And looks pretty close to what Viserys is looking like now. He just like pieces of hair and, and his skin is just awful. But he is happy, man. So you need a bright spot in, in King's Landing.
2: Yeah, seriously. Yeah,
1: He goes from being happy to, I guess, the one thing it seems like at this point in his life that will make him not happy is Alicent pestering him. about the fact that Rhaenyra is having babies with Harwin Strong and not with her husband, Laenor. And he just, I mean, obviously, it's not the first time this has happened. He just, again, tosses her off and is like, don't ever talk about this again, which Allison obviously proceeds not to do.
2: And she was bringing it up in front of the guy working on the sandcastle with Viserys. The guy?
1: You mean Eddard? Yeah, Eddard. (laughs) A little Ned Stark shout out maybe there? (laughs) Sorry. You're good. I apologize to Eddard, not to me. I don't really care. (laughs) Sorry, Eddard. (laughs) I'll let him know. I'll let him know.
0: Like, Alicent was kind of right to a point about, like, saying this is crossing a line for what you're doing to the throne's lineage. It doesn't matter too much because you're still going to have a Targaryen there. But if I'm Corlys, Lord Corlys, I would be going to war. Like, I don't know what. It's fine if you're Viserys. Like, your your lineage is still going. And, like, Rhaenyra, like, who cares? She's happy. She's, her lineage is still going. But it all comes down to how Rhaenys and Corlys react to this, who I don't even know if they're alive still. I would assume they are, because, but, like, we don't know.
2: I had the same line written. Like, I, I cannot wait to see how Corlys reacts to these three yeah, stooges right. walking around with Harwin's hair.
1: So I think it's interesting <laughs> that the way that they or way that Allison rather like puts forth her argument in the reasoning is she's again, she's harping on this idea of duty and decency. Like this was the original reason that she was mad at Renira was that if she was flouting this idea of decency and duty, and now it's kind of been 10 years, I guess, continuously of her doing that. So, I mean, it's been 10 years of Allison. This is why the relationship is so fractured. And mm-hmm. again, I really think they're trying to push forth that idea that there is a little bit of jealousy involved from Allison's side.
2: I didn't really get to into this as part of Alex's argument, I think Alison, which we see when she's to um Aegon, when she's like he's after he's done jerking off into King's all of King's Landing, when she's like, You are like you're the reason you're gonna get killed. She, they're gonna kill you. You're standing in in the way of her succession or like her heirs and her ascending the throne. I was not thinking that. Just like Otto warned her, Rhaenyra is gonna want to get rid of anyone that opposes her to the throne. Right. So she's a threat to her children. You're worried about your heirs that aren't even, they're like bastard children. They're not even legit Valerians. And they're going to mm-hmm. put my kids in harm. Like that's fucked up. That's a great reason to be mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a good one. If that counts. Because- yeah. I
1: mean, <laughs> you, there's definitely the argument there that she has a legit grievance. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she kind of throws it out here too. After the scene, she leaves for Sarah. So obviously not happy with their conversation. Who does she turn to? Our boy, Kristen Cole, and they have a little pity party for themselves and a little bit of a roast party for Rhaenyra here.
0: But the best part about it was how, for me, was how Allison still kind of cared about Rhaenyra's honor when he drops the hard C. Um, yeah. And that to me was unexpected. But at the same time, I don't think that they're at the point where they'll kill each other. Yeah, And that's good because even Renier says in the small council meeting later, like once upon a time we were even friends, like we're family, like let's, let's make this work. So I like that she wasn't in for, I think Kristen Cole hates Rainier more than anybody in the entire world right now. So it's good to know like that Allison's hatred is not as bad as his because fuck Kristen Cole. Um, but yeah, that, that was just a quick little line that I let or quick little moment that I liked
1: he goes pretty far yeah well he's he says that she is a spider who stings and sucks her prey dry like what where are you getting that from my man <laughs> like you Dramatic. wanted to run away with her yeah and she was like nah dude like i need to be queen i just that doesn't like he thinks that she used him and played him mm-hmm. and it was 10 years ago it's like brother <laughs> you gotta he's get over Asia that day. shit dog <laughs> yeah he looks fantastic <laughs> he does
2: them two fighting is a handsome off I'll tell you that Harwin versus her Kristen Cole
1: yeah we can even dive into that because Kathleen I think very eloquently described this next scene of Aegon just jo and into King's Landing just very quick question I'm sure you've seen it on the internet but did you recognize the window
2: Oh, Tommen's window, baby? Yeah.
1: Tommen's I didn't even window. read
2: it. I just, that looks like a suicide window.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> <rigor> warning. <laughs> well, that window has definitely seen a lot. Moving now to the yard, one of the bigger scenes of the entire episode. We have Sir Kristen being kind of a little master at arms here. He's instructing all four of the boys technically in the art of sword fighting. And Sir Harwin is there. And is kind of noticing that it's really not instructing all four of them, and he's kind of just really focusing on Allison's kids. Calls him out, leads to a little bit of a that I, I wouldn't even say it's really a scuffle between Aegon and um, Jace because it's kind of a technically they're in like a sparring match, but Kristen Cole obviously has this vendetta against even Renier's kids at this point, and it gets a little too far. Harwin's got to step in to defend his "quote unquote" sons.
0: The strong boys, man. Jace could fight. Aegon could not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, just one more line read by Viserys being like, this is the stuff, Lionel. Like, who is this guy? It's (laughs) then Lionel's just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cute. I enjoyed it. This is like classic TV where if Kristen Cole was on his back taking absolute monster punches to the face against the ground. He would not be able to be like, that's what I thought, (laughs) you know, I just, he would have been absolutely hurting, but it sucks that Harwin took the bait because Chris and Cole was smart. That's what he was trying to do. He, he wasn't going to even fight back, even if he wanted to, because he wanted, he just wanted him to admit that there was something there and that just, it, it, Gives it away that he's actually the father, but Harwin's a great dad too. This is why I'm like, he's so handsome because he's such a good guy too. like him Mm in that big old armor and taking care of his kids. He like cares and like him holding the baby. You better stop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, he's definitely a boss. This is while it's technically for him. It's a bad scene. This was a great scene.
0: Kyle, quick question for you. If you think Kristen Cole and Harwin strong were to fight actually with swords, because I was expecting like a real sparring match, like him saying, Let me show you how it's done to like his kids basically, but yeah. it just turned into the beatdown just to make a point, I guess, by Kristen Cole. If they were to fight, my instinct would have said Harwin Strong, but honestly, Kristen Cole's a renowned fighter and he has real battle experience. So would you if you had to put your money on one of them?
1: So this is an interesting question because canonically in the books, Kristen Cole would win. Because they have fought in the books at, like, a tourney, and Kristen Cole, like, fucks him up, like, breaks his elbow, like, breaks his collarbone, like, absolutely destroys him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but it seems like in the show, I I don't, I don't know. They they seem to have their own motivations for things, so I could see them making Harwin win. Yeah. Kristen
2: Cole beat Damon. Yeah. Damon's a great fighter, isn't he?
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean my money would go on to Kristen Cole. I just think that was the perfect question because that was a that's a big change from the books. But I mean my heart, of course, would want Sir Heart <laughs> went strong to win. Me too. But, yeah. I, but also <laughs> this is uh was a, a nice thing from the behind the scenes in that they say that Allison is kind of so she obviously thinks that what she's doing is correct and right you know she's coming from this they use the word righteousness she wants to stay on the side of righteousness of you know duty and decency and things like that and christian cole is obviously now like kind of her sworn shield like they're a little bit of a team at this point and he is technically like on that side of righteousness he's feeding into that idea with her but his twisted idea of righteousness you know because like they even said that he feels like it's his duty to expose Rhaenyra's transgressions transgressions rather because it's bad that she's doing this that she's having kids out of wedlock but this is the twisted way that twisted Kristen Cole goes about doing that
0: should have killed himself
1: (laughs) I won't (laughs) comment on that I won't comment mm-hmm. on that.
2: My mic was <laughs> muted, but I had to unmute to laugh into the mic. That's that good <laughs> Thank stuff. Thank you. <laughs>
1: we will just uh, we're just gonna move on. <laughs> so we move on to, Rhaenyra finding out the aftermath of this. So she is told by. I guess it's like a handmaiden or something and we get to see the secret passageway again. So she uses that same secret passageway that, uh, that kind of Damon showed her about, and she is spying on Harwin and Lionel arguing about what the hell went down in the, uh, in the practice yard.
0: I love this conversation so much. Lionel is the best in all the kingdom to be the hand. Like he is the number one pick after like this episode. He's just always been consistent. We've been saying it forever, but how he treated this whole scandal, he is like as honorable as it comes, and like as, as rational as you can really be. Just because he says I've been purposely ignorant, like Viserys has for all these years. But what you did in the hall, you basically just defended your kids. This is fucked up. There's almost no coming back from this, and it leads to him even trying to trying to give up the the title as Hand of the King. But I just can't get enough of Lionel, and it's so unfortunate that he is no longer around.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kathleen, for your uh, your point of point scoring for Harwin and making him handsome outside of maybe just pure looks, I just love the line that ends the argument and that you have your honor and I have mine. You know, he could not stand there and let Kristen Cole let these kids beat the shit out of his kids. He just was no way, no how was it ever going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. So we move from one argument, a strong argument, to a different argument now. So we have Rhaenyra and Laenor. So Leonor again, is continuing this idea that he's kind of a goofball. It feels like he doesn't really care. He's just kind of cavorting around, just doing whatever he wants to fucking do. And Rhaenyra kind of has to sit him down and like, listen, bro, shit's happening fast here and we're in a bad spot. So you need to like be by my side now. Like you can't keep doing all of this crazy shit that I've let you do for 10 years.
2: My question here is when... She's like, the bad guys are afoot. Basically, they're at our doors. They're knocking down the doors. She says they are vile, disgusting insinuations. Now, okay, this is behind closed doors. And Lanor's like, are they insinuations? Mm-hmm. Are they not talking about the fact that they're not his kids? They both know they're banging other people. So why behind closed doors are these two pretending like they're Lanor's kids? Rhaenyra I feel like it's turning a blind eye. Renira is not admitting to herself that they're not Leonor's kid. Can- I'm so confused by this.
0: It's weird. Renira is just choosing to not say it out loud. And if she doesn't say it out loud, it's not real. I think it's twofold. I
1: think part of it is like how they tell you to always use your turn signal, even when you're in like a turning lane or like no one's behind you. Sure. You know what I mean? Of like developing that habit of mm. always doing it. So that there's no chance that you ever slip up on it, I think Mm -hmm. is one part of it. And the second part is that we just saw Rhaenyra sneak through a secret passageway to spy in on a conversation that no one else was supposed to hear. So she knows of the presence of all of these passageways. So I think that's just another layer of being extra careful because she knows the potential for that is out there.
2: I love that. I take that.
1: Because Rhaenyra in no scene ever says it.
2: Right, hundred percent. When it's
1: even at the end when it's just her, Harwin, and the kids. Obviously she doesn't want to say it in front of the kids, but even then she does have the one when uh when Jace asks her, like, is he my father? And she looks into the room and then says and she still doesn't really say anything about it. So I I really think that's that's how I'm taking it. I'm I do not know if we'll ever get that confirmed, but that's the way yeah. I took it.
0: I'm really like enjoying that. fun, Leonor. He's just he's just I good agree. vibes too. Him and Viserys are just good vibes. He comes in with this boy toy <laughs> Carl with no you. He, Car with a first Q, of all, bro. yeah, with no you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like, what? <laughs> Is he an actor from something? I feel like I recognized him. I didn't look into the casting, but I'm sure he'll come back into play because he's now going to Dragonstone with Rhaenyra and the family. So I also am a little worried for him because it's not worked out for Laenor's love interest. So I'd, I'd watch out for this guy to have a horrible death. But all I do right. like Laenor and I, I kind of even respect him Going with this whole idea that he does want the adventure and he wants to go back out to war, and he says like it's only going to be for a couple months. Like I need to do this. Like I need to just do things besides being your plus one. Who like we're not even like really in love. So I, I kind of respect him asking for it, but then she goes full queen. Like you're commanded to stay now. You don't have a choice because Leonor was pretty happy about it. But you know, I feel like they they ended up at a happy medium where he gets Carl. They go to Dragonstone, which is still within shot of the war if they need to go to it so probably worked out for later the best this episode
1: yeah it's just <laughs> it's just funny to see him act like this i don't know what it is like he's obviously it's a function of the fact that they're not really his kids and he knows they're not his kids so mm-hmm. he only really needs to play the part of dad in public but in reality he doesn't have any real obligations to them i guess in his mind and it's just funny to see a character like this because there's so much seriousness in in house of the dragon versus i think game of thrones at times so it is kind of it really stands out when someone is as goofy as this <laughs> motherfucker's been acting
2: yeah, yeah old Lenor was not goofy at all no. so that's a weird and you could argue that okay Lenor's love of his life also died and after that he's like all right well fuck it <laughs> turn to the drink and singing songs with my boy toy so
1: mm-hmm. i buy it yeah I'm, definitely a way potentially me. to uh to grieve there so we move now we're back in small council meetings we have an expanded council so we have some more bodies in the room and again this is just another perfect display of the breakdown of the relationship between rhaenyra and allison they have some really good back and forth there's a lot of little subtle things that happen in this scene and uh personally i just it feels good to have a contentious small council scene because these are always great
0: the best the highlights usually
2: how often is council Daily, weekly.
1: Uh, it would probably meeting. end up depending on like the king themselves. Viserys seems like a fairly happy go lucky guy. So, and he's not very healthy. So I would almost seem like if it's like almost like on an as needed basis. Okay. But I feel it's so hard to say because it definitely goes like by king and by hand almost. Mm.
2: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I wasn't sure like how often they're meeting and like Viserys. Zarasol just hates hearing about the stepstones. So he's probably like, I let's not have one today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> do this. Um, also, just one last thing. I'm obsessed with the the like stone ball, the fidget spinner that they all have. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. It's so cool. Emma, as Ranira just sitting there playing with the fidget spinner, I was like, that. Is so cool. I need one of those for my desk.
1: I, I really want one, actually. I could use one here because I just on my desk constantly picking things up as we do these. So that would be kind of fun to just spin that ball around.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Um, All right. My questions are, one, is this a new Grand Maester? And does this, this defeat all of your <laughs> prior theories about the old Grand Maester?
1: So this is a new
0: Grand Maester. This
1: is Grand Maester. I believe his name is Orwile. And I would say you could argue that it confirms those theories, because as Kathleen has said, she has not seen Viserys look this healthy
0: in a long time. And he's been gone since Otto's been gone, which was kind of part of your thing.
1: So there's that. Maybe. Viserys obviously doesn't look great, like I've said, but as Kathleen has so aptly pointed out, he seems to be in fairly high spirits.
2: So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah in this scene is the first time he like coughs Episode, So I'm pretty sure I may have missed a cough for two, but he like does cough in this point. But you got to think it's mm-hmm. 10 years after he was fainting five times in one episode. So like mm-hmm. he, he does look he looks great. He does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, maybe not great. Let's not. Go yeah. Too far, right? uh, I mean,
2: all he, has to do is, all he has to do is cut that hair off. Like, what is going on? Like, there's no need <laughs> to have that hair. It's it's, it's crazy. But. You know who's not as good at this table is Lord Beesbury because yes. that man is asleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is. Whoa. He's not figuring it out, and that's our master of coins. So that's not so great.
0: <laughs> and did I see a Lannister there? Was yeah. that Jason's yeah. twin? Brother. That wasn't Jason. No, that is Tyland. Tyland. Okay, the brother, which makes sense because yeah. he seemed a little bit more normal.
1: Yes. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Ty- Tyland is a character that people really like, like a side character that people like. Because um, he just again, he just is kind of, I guess you could say, normal compared to like a lot of times. Obviously, getting stories, people are fairly hyperbolic. While Tylan's exactly. just kind of a guy.
0: Before we get to the real fun blow up here, Kyle got to got to mention the Blackwoods and the Brackens. Is that their names, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, yeah. That, so they're, that they're escalated. Yes,
1: yeah, so they're back at it again. They're fucking around with each <laughs> other, and uh, we do get a Tully name drop. We have a Lord mm-hmm. Grover Tully, who would be a long ancestor of Catelyn, Catelyn Stark, who used to be a Tully, Lysa Arryn, who used to be a Tully. Holy shit, I forgot about their brother's name. The Blackfish, Brendan. Yeah, Brendan's their uncle and Her their uncle, brother, yeah. who gets married at the red Edmure? West. Edmure, yeah, nice. Yes. There you go. Oh, and very important, I think, in this scene, it actually happens twice. So with the Blackwoods and the Bracken dispute, Allison settles on an answer kind of by herself, and then rhaenyra is against that answer and says that you know we should step in and talk to the small folk and lionel is like yeah that shouldn't be too hard and allison kind of gig like laughs and goes like of course and lionel clocks it and she's obviously saying that because of the harwin strong rumors and mm. the second time is they're talking about the triarchy and this is jasper weidel i believe jasper weidel is the new master of laws who just replaced lionel when lionel ended up becoming hand so he got a little promotion, and he kind of calls out Damon about how they just let the Stepstone slip away, and Rhaenyra is of the mind that they should have stayed there and established a permanent presence, while Allison is on the other side of that, and it's like, no, it's too expensive, and then calls the meeting off. And now we get the like actual important part of the meeting is Rhaenyra standing up before the council and proposing that her eldest son, Jace, marry Helena to reconcile their families and maybe potentially rekindle that friendship and get Kathleen that kiss that she is really looking forward to.
0: This is a win. Every time there's a a proposed marriage, it's always a win. And they never freaking do it like this is such a win.
2: Yeah, look at Viserys. He's so happy. He's like, that 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 is a handsome gift, an egg, handsome gift. He's like, yeah,
1: marriage and an egg. I love you, my girl. (laughs) he's so happy you're so right i can't believe i didn't really clock it the first two times of like how happy and joyful he is throughout the episode
2: he is that's a generous so-
1: gift that's so good <laughs> yeah and veneer has an unfortunate mishap and yeah things turn a little sour and awkward for her and then the meeting kind of ends so we get the immediate <laughs> aftermath of this meeting it is alice and viserys walking back to their chambers and discussing the proposal and again We get Viserys like, this is great. Like, I can't, he's, he is already planning the wedding in his head. He can't wait to throw the, throw the feast, have the tourney, watch the jousting. And Allison turns to him and says, over my dead body. (laughs) Literally. I was like, damn.
0: I feel like, Alicent needs to know that Aegon is the worst. So like, why would you want, if you're going to have one of your kids be on the throne, why would you want it to be him? Like you could, this is a free out. I guess we did see that weird moment with Helena earlier. Maybe she feels weird about Helena. I don't really know what that vibe is yet. Um, I need more scenes with her to really kind of guess what's going on. But again, this should just be signed, sealed, delivered before you even walk out of that room.
1: Yeah. And I mean, obviously Viserys thinks so. And it feels like a larger argument might be brewing as she is kind of setting him up in a chair, and he's kind of saved in a weird way by Lionel. Now, immediately after the council meeting where he clocked that Allison had that reaction to him agreeing with Rhaenyra, he tries to resign his hand. Viserys is having none of it.
2: Props to Allison. Like, she's no longer that feeble young girl who is married to the king who didn't really have her own like standing in the world. Right. She throwing him in that chair, fluffing his pillow and being like, sit. And he's like, no blanket. She throws a blanket over his head. Basically. She's like, fuck yourself. But like, she is taking care of him, but in a way where she's like, they're finally husband and wife. She kind of treats him. Like you're my elderly dad. Get in the fucking chair and listen Mm -hmm. to me. Like, I like that she defies him. I like that. I like that about her. So it's all, all good mm-hmm. for me on the Allison front, even though she's she's crazy. I think she's one of the funnest to watch. And I think the acting in this in this episode specifically is is banging. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this this Lionel scene, he is too good. He's too good. And he signed his death warrant right there. Really? He, yeah. You
1: know, he yeah, I mean, Viserys yeah. is like, dude, no, you're literally the only one that I know for a fact is not going to be like doing some crazy shit my back you're always have just been this guy that tells me how it is i refuse to let you do this
0: and they settle for the middle ground of letting him send harwin back to harren hall to be the heir and that's going to lead to a question itself but so but harren hall what um happened there (laughs) because i feel like there was nothing going on in Heron hall when we get to game of thrones era and we just have the, we have t- the tickler that's there. We have Tywin Lannister takes over there for a little bit with Arya as the cup bear. I totally thought Hall just never really had like an ancestral house once uh, Balerion destroyed it. Cause that was like the whole thing, right? Like it was supposed to be the biggest fortress ever. They mm-hmm. spend all this time setting up and the day they finished is the day Aegon gets to Westeros and then destroys it. So I, I just wasn't expecting to hear Hall. With, yeah, I mean, to the Strong's, I guess. they
1: mention it a little bit in Game of Thrones of that. It's just like kind of cursed and that it just cycle, like it even cycles through how many different owners does it have in, uh, throughout Game of Thrones? It has, I mean, at least I think three or four. So mm-hmm. it just kind of has that mystique to it that it never really ends up having a permanent. A permanent owner, a permanent house, like all the other yeah. big castles have houses that live in them and have long story histories while Harren Hall can't just seem to to keep somebody around gotcha and i will say that they never got to this this is just like lionel strong backstory and they obviously won't get to it but part of the reason why he is such a savage and he's such a beast is that he went to the citadel so he was going to be a maester he forged like six change like he was really into like studying the law and all this stuff and then he kind of left the citadel and became, like, a little bit of, like, a knight-ish warrior. He didn't become a sir, but then he started fighting. And he kind of almost, if you're familiar with real time, Luke, I know you are. He is, like, parent in that he's this big guy who's, like, very soft-spoken and kind of, like, is very thoughtful. So people think that he's stupid. But in reality, like, he went to the fucking Citadel. He, was you know, studied shit for years. So he is, like, a very smart and capable man. I didn't mm-hmm. know if they would ever okay. touch on that. But obviously, our boy is gone. So I figured I would just throw that in there. Sad. Yeah, it is very sad. Uh, So I guess speaking of of his end, and we got the ball rolling here in this next scene, which is seems to be like a like a regularly scheduled dinner between Allison and Laris Strong.
2: Yeah, it's weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly what that was about. I think that was kind of the point of it, but they do seem to have some type of like a like a back and forth, like a report. They have like kind of they're joking a little bit in the beginning. Like they're very familiar with each other, I guess you could say. This is just a great scene because this is what we had been looking for earlier with young Allison, and that we have a confidant for Allison and where she can actually like speak about how she's feeling more so than Kristen Cole. Cause Kristen Cole is kind of like a wet dish towel and he's just anti renera while Larry Strong's actually like an intelligent conversational counterpart. Um, so I just thought this was a fantastic scene for, for Allison.
0: Fucking Laris, man. Do you see that whole scene? His head is like this. I don't know if you guys caught that, but he, like, talks to her sideways the entire time. Just cinematography knows that this dude is an evil motherfucker. Like, like he's still, the, I would consider him the Master of Whispers without the actual title. I think he's closer to Evil Varus than I would say he's Littlefinger, but at the same time, isn't that, I guess he's a mix of both of them, really. Like, he just is that position of, like, spy networks, you can tell. And he's like a top dog, like he has all the information he knew about Lionel Strong's conversation like five minutes after it happened. I don't really know how that worked out, but uh, it's just crazy how like he is going to be such an important character and seems like a evil force.
1: I love the the way that they make him seem very smart in that I just like the small little thing where she's like, like your father attempted to resign as Hand of the King and it goes on. Then he goes like, okay, like I noticed you said attempted like what happened? Mm And just like the way that he catches on those little things and and just speaks in general, I'm just really, really actually kind of fucking in love with. Again, this is like a perfect example, similar to Christian Cole in that reading him on a page is like, okay, yeah, this guy gets up to some stuff. But seeing it acted out and like live is like, oh my God, you're so drawn to the character. Like he just becomes so much more interesting um, when you actually watch it happen and play out. And I also like that he is kind of like a twisted version of his dad a little bit in this scene to Allison. Um, He's kind of saying to her, like, not really calling her out, but he does kind of say to her, you're saying that your father would come here and give unbiased counsel to the king. But, you know, there's no fucking way that's actually true. Like, that's why he got fired. And you knew that there was things he was doing in the background. And she was like, kind of admits it like he would be partial to me. Like, that's why I want him here. And it's like, ah, okay, that's, that's, there it is. That's the actual truth. Mm-hmm.
0: He's a
2: great actor too. He, he is slaying that role.
0: Big props. I'm begging him to, to make it out of season one. Cause he needs to be in season two.
2: Agreed.
1: Yeah. He's, he's definitely part of the recipe for success. I think for yes, the future of, of what's going to happen in the show for sure. Uh, and part of that is right here. Um, moving down to kind of how he reacts to Allison in the previous scene when she says, I don't really have any allies. Like I wish my dad was here and all this kind of stuff. And so he kind of now takes things into his own hands. He tries to read between the lines of what she's saying. And he goes down to the black cells for some resources, I guess you could say. And these might be, I guess if we're going to keep with these little finger Varys comparisons are, these are now his new little birds. He takes some prisoners, cuts their tongues out, and then sets them on a mission.
0: Mm-hmm. It's impossible to talk about this without bringing up your on graduate a little bit, right? Because that's how he rolls with his pirate crew. Um, just no tongues. Can't rat on your master. You can't. Yep. You can't do yep. anything bad. So it's just like you're just a pure servant. And they were all gonna die. So why not? Like it seems it was a good move on his part. I'd rather die. Yeah, I mean, me too. Don't chop but...
2: my tongue off. <laughs> I'd rather die. Yeah,
1: yeah. Rather do I don't know. Yeah, do I want to live so bad? It, I don't know. Hanging would suck, though. It yeah. would, especially
2: back then. They don't have the weights right. Like, they don't have the <laughs> the proportion. Like I've I don't know. So they were pretty shows. good at
1: it, I feel like. They do it a lot more than we did.
2: Maybe. I don't know. But I've seen shows, like, I think, spoiler alert, there's maybe in the killing, this guy is on death row, and, and they fuck up the, like, weight distribution, Ooh. and he's just hanging there kind of, like, fidgeting and being like, it's Ooh. brutal. Ugh. Good show. Okay,
1: that's bad. Show. Yeah, I would just rather get beheaded.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: I think. It's also kind of bad. style. Yeah, it's kind of bad. Yeah. I mean, as long as they don't do it Rob Stark style and actually get it through with one cut. But seems like that would be the best option. All right. So we kind of get a little bit of small scenes running through here, but we'll try to just kind of get through them in the most coherent way we possibly can. So we get a little bit of a sad scene here. So we go, we move to the other strong brother. We have Sir Harwin and Rhaenyra's semi-tearful goodbye. They're keeping it together in front of the kids. But, you know, inside, they're definitely fairly heartbroken. And, uh, and he says a very sad line to her and to the kids that I'll be a stranger when we meet again.
2: Fuck me up. I thought
1: that was more for the baby.
2: It was It was for the baby because, oh. yeah, it was just to the baby, but it's it was still a fuck me up line.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I was very surprised by Jace knowing that that was his father. I just did not even think that the kids would be, I guess, old enough to really go out on a limb and guess that even though everyone's probably whispering about it now. But that was pretty crazy because I don't know if that's like the the scene with Rhaenyra and Jace talking about it for like one second. I don't know if that's going to lead to Jace knowing that he's a bastard, like not trusting his mom anymore, or if that was just like an emotional reaction about his dad actually leaving. So I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm hoping like Rhaenyra's not fighting an uphill battle while having to like make her kids back on her side.
2: I took note of that, Luke. I was on the side of he didn't look like he was like pissed at her, which was nice. And I hope that's how it goes Mm -hmm. as well. Because he let her kiss his forehead and like put him back in the room and stuff like that. It wasn't like he was like, fuck you. You're not my. Yeah. You know, which is how it usually would go. But on the side of I'm surprised Jace knows You know, fucking Aegon is teasing him about it behind. Like, you know, he's just heard about it and being a little dick about it as well. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I heard your dad's not your dad type shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's certainly how he would say it, too. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, her response to that is just, you are a Targaryen. That's all that matters. So it's not a denial, not a confirmation, kind of a confirmation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But this is what pushes Rhaenyra over the edge to say, all right. Time to get the hell out of here. And then she has to talk to Leonor, right? Mm -hmm.
1: We kind of talked about this a little bit. Important part I would just want to bring up is that Leonor actually turns around and questions the move because he does say to her, like, the reason that we've stayed here so long is because you don't want Allison to have so much influence over your dad, over the king. And now you're just going to cede that position to her. So he is obviously thinking of that line. And I think that's also kind of a line to the audience in a way of like, this is how things might go in the future
0: what does this do for their marriage proposal? Is that just off the table now between the kids? Or if they get married, they would both live in King's Landing. I would assume.
2: I would say it's done. I mean, he says, what of the proposal? And she's like, fuck it. Let's go. They're whispering behind my back. I'm done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, she also probably took of like, there wasn't an outright yes. So it's a no kind of, you know what I mean? Like Allison tells in front of everyone else, like, oh, we'll think it over, which was just obviously going to be a no. I think near kind of read between the lines there. So we get, Oh God, these are, these are weird scenes to talk about. So we get Harwin and Lionel. They are heading back to Harrenhal. We actually get to see Harrenhal and we just get a quick look of Laris's freshly tongueless ex-prisoners hanging out on the, uh, the little, the little hillside. And unfortunately we watch Harwin burn alive and then we find out obviously that his father died as well so mission is accomplished and then we get laris has this monologue that stretches over multiple scenes um so it's the first scene is going to be rhaenyra and the squad arrive back at dragonstone she's got the whole family with her we have visiris kissing a ring and he's got a rat hanging out on the Mm -hmm. fireplace so they're really continuing with this this rat metaphor and symbolism And then we have uh, just the residents of Harrenhal dealing with the fire and the aftermath. And essentially the whole point of this monologue that Lyra Strong gives is that he's just calling children kind of a folly and a weakness. It's weighing you down. The love that you have for them essentially distorts your decision-making and leads to your downfall. He basically is almost the anti-Aemon Targaryen from the wall in Game of Thrones when Aemon is kind of more poetic about it where like love love is the death of duty you know it's kind of more of like a sincere like not in a terribly bad way while laris is like you should never have kids because then you'll be weak
0: that is like a classic game of thrones line like just something that one of the evil characters just uses to live by and is just one of those things that you would just see if you ever, if laris strong gets some merchandise like that's the line under him stuff like that yeah. but just cool to see his perspective so clearly put out front because he was talking to Allison in the scene, right yeah kind of yeah. and mm-hmm. he, he gets it across like yo, that was me, I killed my kid and my or I killed my my brother and my dad call Otto back to King's Landing, oh. let him be hand of the king and then let me get my favor down the road yeah, this guy's yeah. a crazy motherfucker.
2: Yeah, he is. Big time.
1: He placed his bet early, too. I mean, technically, it was only last episode, but it was 10 years ago with, like, young, yeah. scared, squirrely Alice. And mm-hmm. and he was like, let me cozy up. And then now he's, you know, pushing basically all his chips all in on her, saying, like, you owe me this favor. I did this crazy shit. And you know I did it. And I know that you know that I could probably <laughs> tell some people that you were involved. So it's kind of like a hink, hink, went went, you know, any kind of thing yeah. there. Yeah.
0: I'm so happy so- Otto's coming back. Yeah,
1: I, I figured you would end up saying that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I am, too. I mean, the scene when Viserys was kissing the ring, I assume it's Amma's. I'm assuming he's just missing Emma, Queen Emma. Um, But the rat, I was like, I first of all, I can't believe that the thing I said about the rats actually like matters and metaphor. I thought I was just being <laughs> annoying. Um, that is just the Peter Pettigrew Otto Tower. He's like, I'm coming back.
1: That's funny. <laughs> he just, <I'm> missing- <laughs> Viserys was, had lost his pinky first, too. That's funny. Yeah. That just, may, that wow, just made me think of that. There's been a, an odd amount of Harry Potter references on this House of the Dragon coverage. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's not heard. the first
1: one. <laughs> so that's kind of the end of the episode. I feel like yeah. episode was it's a lot of small scenes kind of with some big ones mixed in that add up to giving us this drama at the end of the episode. We're kind of resetting the entire chessboard. I guess for lack of a better term, we've added pieces. We're unfortunately taking away some pieces that we've really kind of fallen in love with. But I think that just what we talked about in the beginning, the whole second pilot idea, I think that really does come across um, when you think about the whole episode as a complete kind of story.
0: That actually plays right into my hot take, which might not be hot. I don't know. This is just one I kind of thought of that. I don't know if I'm alone in this, but... Not that I have like an issue overall with these crazy time jumps actor switches all this, but I will say that it's causing me to um, I guess, Kathleen, you said it in the beginning of this before I might've even been before we were recording. You don't even know who your favorite character is. So that's what part of the show is suffering for me is I don't, really have a favorite character and it feels like I got desensitized to some of our main characters that I knew their actors were switching and I'm kind of having to reacclimate myself and decide like is Rhaenyra my favorite character like I don't it's Alicent she's great like Damon's been consistent but even he got a complete personality shift where I feel like I have to reevaluate: like who my favorite character is so I guess my hot take comes down to the fact that unlike Game of Thrones I don't think any one person is really just like that's my arya stark like i sure. my favorite character by far damon was kind of getting to that point and then we have this soft reset so he will easily be able to recapture my my pick in like one or two more episodes but again it still feels like i need the build up again because of that 10 year soft restart but that's just yeah. kind of where I'm at with with picking of who a favorite character is and that's why the mvps are always hard because it feels like I'm trying to just force pick an mvp when yeah. it's so much easier to pick the lvp of each episode
2: yeah um my hot take was just that harwin strong is the hottest um man in in all of lore that's it that's all of lore not wow. game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> <that's> <laughs> um but yeah Luke, I agree I don't know if that's about the the actors changing but I, more so just the time jumps and that's why the actors are changing because of the time jumps but um it is interesting just because for anyone who has seen the crown they recasted every single solitary character each season not just the Mm -hmm. main people maybe one or two get pushed through or something but it's it's different for every single character so it is interesting that they picked and choose who to age up just just a choice they made i guess but um but yeah I, i get that luke but I could still pick my favorite of the episode. I can't pick. We just spend too much time. It's impossible to say over this 20 year spans. This is my favorite character. And I think that's actually the beauty of it to be like mm-hmm. this episode. This person was so fucking sick. And I love that. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think part of it, too, is we're kind of in a prologue setting still like this is all tip like kind of backstory as weird as that sounds i mean we're fucking it's been six episodes of television and so much time has passed but we're still kind of fleshing out backstory to then we'll get into where like there will be no time skips everything will be consistent and the battle lines will be drawn and we'll get a much better idea of who we actually fuck with
0: and just off the back of that comment they said that There's never going to be another major time jump, but I think there's going to be one more mini time jump after episode eight.
1: Yeah, because I know because the kids, the young children, they will get different actors at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it might actually be after like 10 years. It might be after episode seven after next episode.
0: Yeah, it could be at the beginning of episode. Yeah,
1: I think eight through 10 will we'll get our full cast of actual actors. Cool. And my hot take, I'll continue on my theme of... Kristen Cole is a great character.
0: Oh, my God. Stop. He is, just, You're sick. You're a, he sick is a plot
1: mover. He is just he's great, dude. I just you love to hate him. And I love that you guys hate him. I don't fully hate him, maybe, but I just love the dynamic that he brings to the show. So that's will be my hot take. You beat. Beat. At least mine are hot takes that the other two people don't actually agree with. While you guys say <laughs> hey, I things that, that other Not people agree one. with. so
2: You agree with You're Harwin right, right. Strong being the hottest man that ever lived? I
1: could be convinced fairly easily. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Who wants to go first with um, MVP, LVP?
1: I'll go first. Since I went last for hot takes, I will go MVP. And mm-hmm. I just want to be the first one to say it. Harwin Strong. Okay. a legend mm-hmm. daddy harwin will be my mvp and <laughs> lvp will be mm, now i'm kind of pissed i went first i'm going <laughs> to say <laughs> i'm gonna say Aegon because he okay. got caught jerking off by his mom
2: <laughs> yeah <they kind>
1: of. <laughs> and, and that's pretty lvp of him yes i agree
2: <laughs> go ahead luke
0: um mvp i'm gonna just Take the fun, boys! I'm gonna say Leonor and Viserys, man. They're they're having a ball in Westeros, <laughs> like bringing <laughs> back fun, man. And I love to see it because I don't think there's been anybody like them, like that level of like emotion and fun in Game of Thrones. Um, I don't really have an LVP, but I was like that sticks out super obviously. I, it it's easy just to say uh, Larys, just because he's fully taken the stage as an, a main villain. I think in this show after this episode, but I don't mean it LVP in like a bad way. I mean it like LVP, like a fun to hate kind of way.
2: That teased me up perfectly because my MVP is Larry Strong. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Um, the, I just think he's going to really just we're going to be talking about him in such high regard for the next few episodes. Hopefully next season, he's just the goat. Like, obviously, I fucking hate that he killed my boy, but both my boys, honestly, the strong boys, We're good men. Hey, we're good men. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the first time besides Otto, obviously, in the beginning when we thought he was a big schemer, like Laris is a player of the the Game of Thrones. Like we are seeing one of the first in this series of like, I am doing bad things behind the scenes to do to get what I want. I'm going to kill my Mm -hmm. dad. That's sick. That's Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that. My LVP is Sir Kristin Cole Good, <laughs> <yourself>. <laughs> Good answer. Now, I was going to say Aegon too, but you took it so. <laughs> right.
1: Good. Go any ahead. other any other parting comments? I just uh, like I'm the new we, actors.
2: Yeah. They're all great. That I cannot wait to see them. Emma Olivia especially. Fuck me up. Let's go.
0: One of my biggest takeaways from this podcast is I'm really looking forward to seeing The Most Beautiful Dragon. Give me the name one more time. Dreamfire? Dreamfire.
1: Yes. Can't ah. wait to see that. Fire with a Y, so it's F-Y-R-E.
0: Okay, same right. thing as as Aegon's, which is Sunfire with a Y, I think. Yep, yeah. Sunfire. Yep.
1: And my parting comment will be in the beginning of the episode when Rhaenyra and Laenor are going up the stairs and that Lord Castwell says, let me be the first to congratulate you, blah, blah, blah. He, canonically, all right, Lord Caswell had a Sir Kyle at one point in their service, and we now have a Luke in the show, so I want there to just let it be known that there is a Kyle, <laughs> all right? So that will be my parting comment.
2: Yeah, it's I funny. really
0: thought there was going to be some lore around that yes, guy. going to bring too. it up when we were at the team.
2: I was shocked that there was no nah. lore, but that's well, the best.
0: Well, okay, there is, but it's not great,
1: so we're just going <laughs> to leave it at he exists.
2: <laughs> Good. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. Okay. This is on me, right? I'm the guy <laughs> <of this>. So <laughs> that is the end of our coverage of episode six, house of the dragon, the princess and the queen. If you like what you heard and you're not subscribed on whatever service you are listening on, please subscribe. It would mean the world to us and you'll never miss an episode, which obviously you would never want to do. Uh, want to connect with us on social media at binge TV, Twitter and Instagram. And we do have a Patreon if you're feeling extra, super, special, generous. Pinch Town. I'm sorry. Patreon.com slash binge Town TV. I always get it mixed up because the binge Town TV is at the end. And then we do have a website, BinchTownTV.com. We're doing a ton of podcasting right now. So we have Rick and Morty's coming out. New vampire show, Vampire Academy is coming out. We might have something special in the works for Vampire Academy fans. And Spooky Season right around the corner so Town tv loves their spooky season so keep an eye out for all things halloweeny those type of shows i do not watch hard television i am a bit of a weenie so you'll hear some other voices but they are just as good as mine so i think you will enjoy that if you enjoy those types of shows and that's all i got love y'all love you too
2: you're listening to the geekscape network